This is the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel, and it's episode number 14. Welcome to the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel. We're all about highlighting self-help, positive psychology, and books on well-being. We share the content and actionable advice so you can make normal life extraordinary. We are a community of lifelong learners, high achievers, and busy people. Get ready for your download so you can live life happy. I'm your host and addicted to reading, Andrea Seidel. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Andrea Seidel. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you for joining us. Oh my gosh, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get really angry. I know it's funny, but we all do. I mean, my license plate says me happy, but sometimes I am not happy. (laughs) Uh, Literally, I can sometimes lose my cool, and I know that sometimes we have short fuses, and I don't know, but there's certain things that just push my button, and I... I have a tendency to be able to relatively remain calm and I use my yoga practice and everything. But if I think back to a time where I really got angry, I feel it in my fists, I clench my fists, I feel it in my jaw and my head. And anger is actually a a natural response for our body. We are meant to get angry. And it's amazing that once you know that, it kind of makes you feel a little better about it. But unfortunately, anger does not serve us well in our day-to-day society. So the book that I'm highlighting this week is called The 30-Minute Therapy for Anger, Everything You Need to Know in the Least Amount of Time. And this book is fantastic. It's written by um, Ronald Potter Efron, and he's a PhD, and Patricia Potter Efron. She, they're both psychotherapists, and they are really um, professionals, and they specialize in anger management. And so we are learning wonderful tips and tools from them today. So basically, anger fills us with adrenaline and it becomes a way that clouds our thinking and we're not able to really uh, deal with things effectively when we get angry and it tends to get us into trouble. So back, I guess, when we're about to get attacked by a tiger or something like that, uh, anger or like aggression and stress is actually meant to protect us. But as we can tell, there are times when it does not serve us. So This book is all about helping with the process of controlling our anger instead of lashing out to others. It's about learning how to cool down anger and so we can respond calmly and effectively. There are many wonderful tools within his book, um, but this, their book, sorry, I'm going to do that. I always do that. Oh my gosh. So there are two authors with this book. There is a female and a male. So I apologize if I refer to he or her. Um, Both of them, they, they have uh, created wonderful, um, tools to help us. And the bottom line is that we can process and control anger uh, instead of lashing out to others. And so let's look at the problem areas or the trouble spots. Um, Oftentimes, you know, the kids will be arguing and I'll say, okay, guys, you know, be nice. And then they'll get in a bigger argument and they'll get worse and worse and worse. And sometimes I'll just literally turn around and snap. I'll like, enough. And it's really not the way that I want to show up. I'm just being honest. And so, you know, anger really doesn't serve me because then later I feel like guilty, bad mother. I don't know if that happens to you, but uh, anger as it shows up, it really doesn't serve as well. So here are some ways um, 
that they've shown us how we can identify the trouble spots where it might be getting us into trouble anger. So excessive anger does have costs. Anger creates problems with, uh, with our spouse, with our partners. Uh, it contributes to arguments. It contributes to violence. Uh, it contributes to disconnection with people. It also contributes to avoidance or just family battles. Um, sometimes people cut people who are angry right off. Um, avoidance. Sometimes we have conflict at work, conflict at school. Um, it, it can really affect us even with the law and with having charges or disorderly conduct. Um, it also affects us physically because the anxiety and the stress that comes with it, it affects our mental health as well. Sometimes it leads and contributes to depression. Uh, it can also cost us money. I mean, if we get really angry, you know, some people might even act out in aggression and punch a wall or something. And then you have to replace that wall. Um, so there are, um, and then there's a whole aspect of the guilt and the shame that you feel after that you've acted out inappropriately in anger. Um, the other trouble spot is that there's a short fuse problem. So sometimes it gets us into trouble by we go off like a firecracker. So anger, it develops and develops and develops, and then it goes boom like a firecracker. And kind of like me snapping suddenly at the kids, and they're all like, what? They get all shocked because mommy's really mad suddenly. Um, and then, you know what? I might uh, drop a little bit of a swear word there too. And they're like, what? Mommy doesn't swear? And then suddenly I am swearing when I'm really angry. All right. So common triggers. Oh my gosh. It's so funny because in their book, they actually say one of the triggers is kids arguing. And they just like, it's like a light thing. And that's actually a huge trigger. Anyway, so kids arguing, coworker remarks, bad drivers. You know, you just keep dropping things. Things aren't working well. These are all triggers that can um, uh, contribute to this short fuse. Like when you have a short fuse, you're going to, you know, you'll go, you'll go from zero to 10, like boom, like a firecracker really fast. The other problem or trouble spot that you might want to identify is that anger is an emotion. It's telling you something. Um, it's telling you that something is going wrong. So it's meant to protect us and it's meant to give you energy so you can take action. But the problem is, is when anger intensity is too high or when anger intensity is high during maybe trivial insults or trivial exposure to challenges. So that's where you want to identify if there's a little bit of a problem with the anger intensity, that little things are setting you off. Um, and so think of anger kind of like a thermometer, they said in their book. And um, it just kind of increases, 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 and you can turn down the intensity of the anger, and it's kind of like a thermometer. Also, um, when we are in an angry response or we're feeling anger, our frontal cortex is the thinking and the planning, the logical portion of our brain. When we're angry, we lose our ability to fully utilize that part of the brain. So we go into kind of, there's too much adrenaline, too many stress homes, cortical steroids, cortisol, epinephrine running through the body. So the body actually can't effectively think in those situations. So sometimes we do and say things that we don't mean and or we are not logically thinking when we're in that angry response mode and that is the stress response. So you need to recognize when you get to a point when you no longer can think, plan, or solve problems effectively. So pay attention to your body. What's happening when you get angry? So 
So it's just being aware of, you know, when you're getting angry, it's like, okay, when I'm getting angry, my body doesn't think very well. You go back into that reptilian part of your brain and the amygdala hijacked kicks in where it gets taken over in the stress response. No logical thinking there. The other thing is um, trouble spots that you can identify is reacting too quickly. So, um, so learn to shut off the immediate negative reaction to someone that annoys you. So there are going to be annoying people <laughs> and there are going to be challenging situations. So the idea is, is that sometimes we react too quickly to those situations. It's like stimulus response. So within the book, it's recognizing that when you do that, notice if you are um, reacting too quickly to things. It's like suddenly, oh my gosh, that's so anno- annoys you. And then you're instantly uh, set off and angry. So the brain might be interpret- interpreting or misinterpreting the problem and making it a much bigger deal than it actually necessarily is. And it needs to be calmed down. So your brain has two pathways we talked about in the book. And the first pathway is a threatening stimuli. So your brain, you know, the message goes from the hypothalamus to the amygdala and it's saying, you know what, protect yourself kick in all those stress hormones, get angry, get stressed, get, you know, adrenaline, corticosteroids going and deal with that threat. Uh, A slower pathway takes longer because it goes through the newer parts of your brain, like we were talking about, and it's a high level of processing. And so you can have a measured response. So the idea is to not react too quickly or identify when you are reacting too quickly and you're choosing the more fast pathway in your brain. We want to slow it down. We want to go into more logical portions of your brain instead of that response portion. All right, going through um, and identifying more trouble areas, um, getting too angry to listen. So this is incredible. When people are angry, they're not hearing what you're saying to them and vice versa. When you're angry, you're not listening. So um, because think about it like this, think about it as if um, there's two people talking to you at once. It's very hard to hear and understand what both of them are saying. It's like carrying on a conversation conversation with two people. That's really, really hard. So anger is a messenger. It's telling you something and it's speaking very, very loud. It thinks that you're in danger. So anger is saying, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. And that allows you to have an inability to think or have productive conversations. So um, the way that they put it in the book is kind of like it's flooding. Uh, Anger floods. It's like a flood running through a river. And uh, and it's neat the way that they said it. They say it floods towns like compromise and caring and kindness. So in other words, when we are angry, it's very hard to have productive conversations and pull in the compromise, caring and kindness. So another trouble spot is becoming resentful. All right. This is where, you know, um, this anger, this resentment or this frustration builds up over time. So anger is meant to be a brief signal that something is wrong, but resentment is an extended period of anger. So anger is kind of like it's building, building, and it builds and it creates this resentment. So for example, you know, a child, you think maybe they, they do something, they keep leaving their, I don't know, their clothes all over the floor. They never, they aren't making their bed and it's building and building and building. And finally, when you're ego depleted, you come home, your whole house is a disaster. And then you happen to go into their room that exempt the resentment builds up and it really allows that it's, it's definitely a trouble spot. So we're just isolating trouble spots here. And, um, so the way that they said it in their book was funny is that, um, don't let someone build up 
free rent in your brain. So the idea of resentment is actually dangerous and it does contribute to anger. All right. So the other uh, identifier is knowing the payoffs. I mean, when Matt, my boyfriend, husband, he, when he calls my dog and he, the dog goes away, when he gets angry and clenches his jaw and he speaks really, really like aggressively to the dog, like danger, come here. Yes, that's right. My dog is named danger. One of them. (laughs) Anyway, when he calls and he clenches his jaw and he gets angry that danger is not coming. Um, the payoff is that when he gets angry, danger actually listens. So you can see you have to isolate um, when your anger is showing up and how it is actually benefiting you so that you can adjust it and then make informed decisions about how you want to show up. Um, so how do you want to show up? Do you want to show up angry all the time? Do you want to clench the jaw and get stressed about a dog going away often? Or do you want to try a different approach, a different, uh, and try to get the same result? Okay. So moving on. So now we want to set realistic goals. And first off, they talked about doing no harm. So make a decision to do no harm, to control your anger and aggression, to make a reasonable effort not to become excessively angry. So you have to make that decision. So if if I, I don't like showing up and I don't like when I get angry. So for me, it's definitely, I don't want to do any harm. I don't like aggressive behavior. I love peace. I love calmness in my family. I love a nice, calm household. I love communication, effective communication. And so that is all about doing no harm. The other thing is to come up with anger management goals. So they talked about your goals could be getting angry less often. I mean, it's not an on-off switch. Anger, like I said, is a natural thing, right? So they're saying to create realistic goals here. So um, so becoming less angry, um, less uh, angry, less often, and then becoming less intensely angry. That's another approach. That could be another goal um, to shorten the length of your anger episodes. So you can see how creating, you know, anger management goals is effective because because it makes it more attainable and realistic. All right. So the other thing is the substitution principle that they talked about as a goal. And what it is, is replacing negative energy or negative emotions like anger with positive energy and positive emotion, emotion like happiness and joy. So, um, they're saying like, try on a new mood and see how that feels. And, and, uh, and so that was one of their tips for realistic goals too, that you need a substitute principle for that emotion. Um, also accepting your anger. Remember that anger can be a good thing. It alerts us that there's a threat. It gives us energy to deal with the threat and it points us into a direction of action, um, that'll help us get out of that threat. So accept your anger that it is going to be there no matter what. It's meant to serve us. But we're just uh, through this book, we're just coming up with a little bit more um, energy around using your anger well. Okay, which brings us into the next category that they had in their book, using your anger well. So um, they talked about this really neat concept as look at anger as invitations. So see anger as invitations, simply that. So you can accept or decline the invitation. Like if someone invites you over for dinner, you can go to dinner or you cannot go to dinner, right? So see invitations. So anger as an invitation. So accept or decline the invitation. Choose your battles carefully. And I say this all the time. You know what? Because you know what? We could point out a lot of things to our children and uh, 
it's really amazing how you want to just pick and choose the things that um, that you might that might make you angry. That you know, so um, choose and pick your battles. So you don't want to be angry all the time because um, it doesn't serve you, doesn't serve children, doesn't serve spouse. It, it's not good for us in many ways and stress response in our body. So yeah, so you have the choice. You have an it's, it's anger is an invitation. Stay in control of your choices and uh, react less aggressively and don't waste your energy. So it's all about making choices. Choose your battles. All right, breathing and time out. So in their book, they talked about the four R's. So you can take a good time out. So the four R's are recognize, retreat, relax, return. So recognize early signs of when you're clenching your fist, when you're clenching your jaw, where are you feeling anger? Are you getting uptight? Recognize early signs so that you're not already in anger. Even I always say before you get angry, think about what happens in your body when you get angry so you can spot those signals. And then retreat is the next one. Go somewhere safe and quiet. Remove yourself from the situation. The other thing is to relax. Let anger drain out. Take a deep breath and stay calm. So breathing is really important. You want to create a gap between that response, that immediate threat response, and go back into that more logical part of your brain. And then return, right? You want to go back to the situation. You're not totally avoiding the whole thing. You want to return and regain composure with regained composure. All right, so let's use anger. Well, we'll go into another one. Um, So we want to avoid anger as permanent. So anger and anxiety can take over your brain. They literally can take over. Um, But you're the driver of your brain. So just like you drive your car, you drive your brain. So it's really important to recognize that fact that you can take back control. So when your brain starts to go into anger or anxiety, take back control of your brain. So don't see anger and anxiety as permanent. When you recognize it's there, you can move yourself out of that. You know, there's many tips. Um, listen to a good song, sing sing yourself, go for a fresh walk, get out into nature, walk your dogs, leave your dogs pets. There's um, shifting your focus and don't see anger and anxiety as a permanent thing that you can shift out of that and calm yourself down, let it drip rain out. Um, Okay, so the other tip that they had is to uh, think of other people's situations. So exercise uh, empathy and the ability to get outside of your own worldview and kind of understand what someone else might be going through. So you know what, if you're frustrated with all the stuff over your child's bedroom, um, you can recognize, well, you know what, they have been studying a lot. They're probably feeling overwhelmed, just like my kitchen is messy and I haven't had a chance to clean it. Well, maybe that's how they are also in their bedroom and um, I wonder what's going on for them. It's kind of like stepping out of your world and understanding and being empathetic um, for other people might help you to be less judgmental and um, so it's all about being curious and, and thinking about what it might be like to be in someone else's shoes. That helps with our anger response. Okay, so 
switching negative to positive thoughts, that's easier said than done. But angry people are good at thinking of negative, negatively about others. They've done numerous studies. So this is backed by studies. But what uh, angry people have a tendency to notice a negativity about others. So when you focus on the negative, you're going to notice the negatives. And um, so instead, choose a more positive, or if you can't do positive, choose a more, um, at least a neutral interpretation of the event. And that's what they were suggesting in the book. And uh, I know it's, it's, that's a tough one, right? It's tough to, oh my gosh, I'm being negative about this person, um, to switch right to a positive one. But sometimes you can at least choose a neutral, a neutral thought around that event. Remember, it's your interpretation that's causing you to be, feel negative. So you're um, judging a situation is negative, so your your story that you're telling yourself in your brain is making your response a little more frustrated and angry. So tell yourself a new story. It's like okay, and that's where the empathy comes in, the understanding, and um, and also maybe having seeing the good in positive psychology. It's all about catching people good. See me beautiful. See me good. Look for the good in other people and the the strengths instead of looking for the negatives. I always use the example. Um, when I first started dating my boyfriend, he drove a red truck. And so I joked, I go, did the population of red trucks totally increase? Because <laughs> all I noticed was red trucks because I was aware of them and I was noticing them. And so um, it's kind of the same thing when you're looking for negativity in people and others, that's what you're going to see. And so it's flipping it and kind of trying and focusing and we exercise that muscle of looking for the positive in people around us and the positive things. Okay, so identifying your emotions is another way to use your anger well. And uh, just scan all your emotions and uh, know when you're getting angry and know what the emotions might be underneath that anger. For example, when I get angry, sometimes it's genuine disappointment inside. I'm just so disappointed with whatever it is, the person, the situation, uh, and that disappointment that's inside me is causing me to feel angry. So just by acknowledging the other emotions that might be behind the anger, or if you have someone that's angry around you, um, understand, like put on that those glasses that maybe can filter through the anger and see what's going on in them. Are they sad? Are they feeling lonely? Are they disappointed? Um, do they, maybe they just need a hug. Maybe they feel lonely and um, yeah. So it's really neat when you identify emotion that's beneath the anger. Because um, anger is telling us something, right? All right. So the other thing we talked already about it is about looking for good. Instead of presuming the worst and the worst thing that could happen, um, basically look for the good about people and look for the good in situations. And that, that really is a wonderful uh, tool that you can use that helps modify um, anger and diffuse it. Okay, so the next one is diffuse conflict. So walk away from situations, apologize, take a deep breath, tell yourself this is no big deal, talk slowly and softly, make a joke, lighten up the situation, think about something else that you like, take a time out, practice empathy, um, and just saying no to anger invitations. Um, so by diffusing the conflict... Uh, the other thing is to use I statements they're suggesting. This one is great because you own it, right? Nobody can dispute it. My son, he has a tendency to say statements in a way that sounds like he knows knows it for sure. 
So I taught him at a very young age. I go, well, when you say it like that, you sound like you're a know-it-all and people might challenge or get angry or frustrated by that. So um, you could say, in my opinion, or what I think is this, or, you know, I was teaching him to use I statements because nobody can dispute that, right? But then at the same time, you're not making claims. All right, so the I statements, they clearly tell people what bothers you and kind of how you're feeling and what's going on. And your statements are, um, they have with I are less blaming and less judgmental. Um, You statements are you, you always, um, you know what I mean? Like, I can't think of an example right now. Blaming statements are you're so lazy or you, when you say you, 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 or um, instead of switching it to an I statement, it's kind of like uh, you state what the, what the other person has said or done that bothers you. So, for example, I feel frustrated. And then you can tell the person what you see, what's happening. When you leave your backpack on the floor, I feel frustrated um, because my need for order and Uh, cleanliness in the house is not being met. And so what I would love you to do is to hang that backpack every time you come home or hang it on the hook that we made for you. Um, So see how I statements are clearly telling people what you feel, what you're seeing. So you create I statements, you create a statement of what you're seeing or noticing or that has been done. So you start with observation and then you tell the other person how it made you feel. And then you say exactly what you would like. You can add your needs, what needs are in there as well. Those are great. I, sorry, I added a little bit to that from their book because um, I love nonviolent communication strategies and that's one of them. So I wanted to add that in. Okay, the other thing is to fight fairly. So conflict is inevitable. It's going to show up. You are going to feel anger in certain situations, but the idea is that you want to have positive results at the end. You want to resolve issues. You want to have a good end to it. We don't want to have conflict last long periods of time, So, but it's inevitable. So here are the don'ts. They created a don't list and a do list. So they said, don't make fun. Don't run away. Don't overgeneralize. Don't use the word always, never, um, and don't be dismissive, like saying whatever. Um, Don't insist on having the last word. Okay, I sometimes do this. I'm just going to admit, maybe. Um, Okay, and don't get stuck in the past, uh, dwelling on um, things that have bothered you in the past. Uh, Don't push or hit or yell or swear. Uh, The other thing is don't interpret. And I also have a tendency to do this. I am human. And one of the things like it seems like, like when someone says something, I go, it's it's as if you're saying this or it seems like, or um, like it's insinuating. Like when you say this, it's kind of like I add that in. So that is an interpretation on my part. Don't make faces and don't attack personally. The do, so here's how we are going to handle conflict, do stick to one issue at a time, do sit down and talk quietly, do state your feelings, and do listen to each other and reflect back on what you hear. Also, be clear and specific um, and stay flexible. Also, be willing to negotiate and compromise. And um, also, breathe and stay calm and stay relaxed. Focus on solution instead of being right. Also, take time out as you need to and focus on that one issue. So those are all great tips for fair fighting and fair conflict resolution.
All right, forgive. This is a big one. Let go and forgive. Resentment takes space in your brain. And uh, forgiveness acts as generosity on your part. And it actually allows you to not have that build up resentment where the anger starts building, building, building and explodes like a volcano. So forgiving isn't condoning behavior. Remember that. But it's understanding and exercising empathy and compassion. And that'll help you so that the resentment isn't building for more explosive uh, anger. The other thing is self-forgiveness. Now remember, um, anger against yourself is it it happens so how it shows up is in self neglect self sabotage self blame uh, self attack like you say mean things to yourself uh, self destructive um, so maybe overeating over drinking alcohol drugs and or let go so basically the idea is at this point you want to just Put the past in the past where it belongs. Let go of guilt and shame. Guilt and shame is usually where anger against yourself comes from. So again, forgiveness, self-love, self-compassion. So that is it. That was an amazing wonderful little read and it's great because they really offered us a lot of usable tools to help use our anger well and recognize that it is a process and we can control anger instead of lashing out to others we can use conflict diffusing techniques to help us cool down anger and kind of deal with things in a better more effective way also I love how they really isolate the fact that we have control over this we can't turn it off or on but we can put it on a dimmer and we can respond calmly and effectively even in life's most aggravating situations. So that's it, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and got a few tips and please share with anyone. And uh, I really, really do appreciate all the reviews and ratings that you've been giving me. I appreciate it so much. And this podcast is reaching a lot of people now. And I'm so thrilled and can't thank you enough for sharing the content and suggesting this podcast to people and writing your reviews. Thank you and have a beautiful day. Bye-bye. If you like this podcast that's like personal training for your mind, you've got to come over to my website at andreasadel.com where I take all these books, I highlight, coach, and summarize the contents in my unconventional book and coaching club. Let's face it, no one is sunshine and butterflies all the time, but we can make happiness a lifestyle. So I want to invite you to sign up at my website for my freebies and giveaways so that you can start each week positively. Finally, don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to, download and write a review because they really help grow the show.